In 2004, an internet user received a strange package that led them to a website. While nothing seemed out of the ordinary with this website, things soon took a cryptic and mysterious turn. The webpage appeared to be hacked by a sentient AI who attempted to contact users who visited the site before then reaching out to people through payphones across the country. Today, we're going to break down the details behind the immersive story known as I Love Bees. This is Red Web. Welcome back, Task Force, to another episode of Red Web, the show all about mysteries and the unsolved of this world. Fredo, I watched as this topic settled into you. So as I'm your resident mystery enthusiast and I walk you through all the mysteries, this is maybe the first week that you might know of the mystery going into it. Alfredo Diaz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one has to do with gaming. With gaming. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to become pretty apparent out the gate. It's well known. A lot of people listening right now might see this as a new topic, and that's totally fair. Yeah, so I don't want to give too much away. Right. I actually know this one, yeah. But some of the... We're going to talk about this story in real time. I don't want to spill the beans, but the beans are there to be spilled pretty quickly. Okay. So it becomes about the story behind this event, behind this this case, as it were. Mm-hmm. And it's a long one. It, and I'm so excited for this one, Task Force. You've been asking for it for years. Oh, really? We cooked this one up finally. But been asking for this one? Oh, yeah. Now, the thing about this one is, and the reason why it took so long, is there are so many details. Obviously, we're going to do our best to provide as many details as possible in the audio format. But it gave me an idea. I was cooking up something with Jillian on the back end. I'm thinking that this could make an amazing like video essay a more scripted video essay format that can provide visuals and really get into the nitty-gritty as we look into more details. But suffice to say, we're going to take a look at this broad story, try to uncover as many details and puzzles as possible. But yeah, it's a hefty one. Okay. Yeah. So let me take you back to July 14th, 2004. A man named Stephen Peters received a strange package. Now, he was the admin for ARGnet. ARGnet is a hub for information on ARGs, how to play them, ongoing games, things of that nature. And of course, if you are a longtime listener, task force member, you know an ARG is an alternate reality game. So that's where we're starting. The package itself contained three bear-shaped bottles of honey, each of themselves containing several letters, nine in total. Now, a few days went by. Peter didn't really think much about it until he posted on his blog on July 16th He then realized these letters spelt out, quote, I love bees. Of course, being no stranger to ARGs, he decided to test the website ilovebees.com and found that it was active. Now, with this website, as the internet is kind of an ever-present existence, you know, in our lives, the original site no longer exists. You can type in ilovebees.com and it won't come up, but a prominent player named The Bruce, archived as much of this game as possible and hosts a mirror of this webpage on his original site, ilovebees.co. So you can still get an idea of what this looked like, get a little bit hands-on with it if you want, but it's a 20-year-old mystery. Oh, wow. Yeah, or, uh, you know, 19 and a half. Yeah, it's there. It's 20. Do you still count halves? No. In your 30s? Mm, No. You go by months? He goes by months. I go by days. I'm 360 months old, ma. Three months. Days. Now, this website led to a simply made HTML site. Nothing out of the ordinary for the early 2000s. Okay. But this HTML site was for a small business called Margaret's Honey out of Napa Valley, California. On that page, it said, quote, 
This is my webpage, mostly dedicated to beekeeping. I've been beekeeping for seven years and I'm still learning. I have three hives and I produce and sell pure and natural honey, unheated and unfiltered, unlike grocery store honey. The about page described Margaret's honey further, how she came to make honey and her various hobbies. The website was created for her by her niece, Dana. However, pretty soon after visiting this webpage, if not almost immediately, Margaret's honey appeared to have some sort of problem going on. It seemed to be hacked in some way. And this is, like I said, one of those kind of visual mysteries. Never seen so many pieces of paper oh, in yeah. front of you. I've got and a huge outline. Over 150 episodes of this. Yeah, I got like 15 pages in front of me. So I'm going to give all the visuals to Fredo so he can react to them, but I'm also going to put them all on our social pages as we can. Halt module core, uh, was a hemorrhage? Control mm -hmm. has been mm -hmm. yielded to system parallel distributed reflex. Yep, yep. Say grope. It might. It might say grope on there. Grope, I know. seeker, attach princess, fail, message, evade, 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 mission log, MIA, recruits. Countdown to wide awake and physical. Yeah. Make your decisions accordingly. Oh, Ooh. yeah. So well, I'm happy it didn't just link you. So there's plenty you. left. I'll, I'll coach you oh, through okay. the, the pictures Sounds as they good. come. Yeah. I'm happy it doesn't just link you to just a MySpace page that just crashes your computer because it's just littered with so much stuff on it. Music players glitter falling mm -hmm, from the sky. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? All those glitter gifs. You know yep. what I'm saying? If you would just go in and they just added a bunch of stuff <laughs> and you could barely load the damn page. Right. Backspace, back. <laughs> glitter falling. <laughs> Top 12. Like, oh, God, I can't see it. The mouse is Bro. just a dragon. <laughs> yeah, it's a dragon. Again, <laughs> roses around their picture, that anime, and it's just like it's it's just like a slideshow. Yeah, mm, that was that was early two thousand eight. Dude, there's people right now listening, going, "I man, that MySpace, I don't even. <laughs> I can't what picture. Is, what is that? I don't. Either you what never is, would have been in my top eight, right? Either mm. what is that or like oh, I've heard of that. I've heard of that. Oh my, just like God. just like we've heard of floppy disks, even before MySpace, Friendster. No, I never, I was never on that one. But you know of it. But I know of it. Yeah, yeah. So I, so I relate to the, oh, I know of MySpace. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay, so as you're seeing, by the way, this is just an aside for you and me, Fredo, and we're going to leave it in for the task force. The first, you, you mentioned my papers. You mentioned my outline. I printed this out. Somebody was working on a project. I scooped up. The first two pages of this outline are on iron-on paper <laughs> so I can make them into a shirt. What? You see how vibrant they are? Compared to the other pages? Yeah. How does that even work? I don't know, but it's, it's iron on paper? Silky smooth. And <laughs> oh, so it's super silky. Yeah. So I had this idea, and this is why I wanted to Bro, kind this of, is like some kind of wedding invitation type stuff. Yep. Whoa, it's got like a weird oh, don't peel it yet. Almost like you can peel it. Wait, yeah. you can peel it? Oh, I think you peel it so like you can and you, stick you it on and then peel on, the back uh, off and then it's what? on your shirt. That's how they do it. it wow, might, shirt technology wild. <laughs> it might iron on backwards, but here's I I wanted to bring it up because I want a task force member to have this on a shirt. Oh my my God. So exclusively for our firsties, our first members, redwebpod.com slash first, sign up to support the show. It's our best way to support us. It's like our Patreon. Yep. Keep you get the show ad-free. You get some bonus content. I want to film us ironing this onto a shirt and then kind of like a, a micro ARG, I'm going to roll a couple of, you know, dice yeah. to figure out a random number. And the person that comments that comment, right? Like, let's say I roll 12. Oh, okay. The 12th comment. So I said rolling dice. Well, we we'll get craps, the shirt. You know? <laughs> Dude, well, we could roll craps. Just you and me, just on the side. But yeah, then, so anyway, uh, I want to make that into a video. We'll post about it. And then, we, you know, comment on the video if you want a chance yeah. to win 
the mirrored version of my first two pages of this outline <laughs> on a that's shirt. That's wild. What a one of one product. Yeah, that's really cool. We'll though. sign it or something. <laughs> so random. Anyway, I just I wanted to do something with it because I'm feeling these silky smooth pages. But we have a lot to get through, so I'll stop distracting myself. So as you kind of astutely pointed out, you have a basic website behind it. And then on top of that is a black box. It's kind of reminiscent of a command prompt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this black text box overlays the website and it says a few things. You read them out, but I'll give you a couple of them. Quote, halt, module core hemorrhage. Control has been yielded to the system peril distributed reflex. Below this text was a timeline with multiple phases with the first ending on July 27th, 2004. So we know now that we are in supposed this, this phase one period. And uh, on July 27th, 2004, it says this is when, quote, network throttling would erode. Now, in the background of this web page, the background's mostly white. There is a hidden text that repeats over and over. And this text is in white. This is that old HTML trick where you do white on white. So it's like yeah. hidden message. If you highlight, you happen to see it. I stumbled into that myself. But what it says in this first phase, it says, seek the truth, behold the truth, reveal the truth. That is the law and the whole of the law. And it repeats that over and over and over like the shining, all work, no play makes Jack a dull boy. Mm. Now this black text box updates as the various phases go on. This text box stays, but the language and the countdowns within it shift subtly. So now we, we gotta remember that this started with Peters, the ARG net guy. Pretty quickly, he's assuming that this is in fact an ARG, an alternate reality game since it was sent to him specifically and him being the admin of that yeah, site. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. What I mean, you want to get someone's attention or you want to get the attention of the community. Right. Right, you go to the person that admins the site, easy peasy. Right, trickle down gameonomics. Yeah. Right. It's also similar to many others that he had worked with in the past. And so he's picking up on a few trends here. Then again, remember, we're going to walk through this in real time as the people interacting with this ARG are experiencing it. We're going to unfail it that way. We're not going to, you know, play the end cards right away. So as far as he's aware, it's some type of ARG, but he has no idea what it's about. He has no idea the story that's about to unfold. That's yeah, too early. And what the purpose might be. Yeah. So all he knows is that he thinks it's an ARG. Now, he liked the way that this game started off with a package sent to him with this mysterious website. He kind of liked the intrigue with the hacking. And early on, he came up with the name Spider, S-P-D-R in reference to the system peril distributed reflex. So we kind of went off of that to call it spider. With many ARGs, the first step is to check the owner of the domain, the website. And in this case, it was Margaret's House of Bees. Looking closer, there was also a phone number associated with the company that owned this website. And when you called this number at that time, it went to the voicemail of Margaret's niece, Dana, who obviously by the About Us section, is the niece, but also the person who helped set up the page for Margaret. Clicking on the website's various menu options revealed even more confusing information. Each of these pages appeared corrupted, with the text all over the place, cryptic messages appearing, and code mixed in with the promotional information regarding Margaret's honey. Under the links section, there was another phrase stating, Axons go hot, with a countdown to August 24th. Beneath the black text box, the owner of the site asked for help and pointed to Dana's blog, ilovebees.blogspot.com. I do believe this is a still active web page. And so since we are, you know, familiar with internet mysteries, I'll give the old caveat. It's an active web page. Head over there if you want. Just be careful on what you click. That's, you know, the old 
early internet days. Yep. You don't go downloading stuff. Oh. Um, you wouldn't hijack a car, right? So you wouldn't download a movie illegally. But I would download a car. That's true. Come on now. $10 ticket versus a $30,000 car. I'm going to download a car. <laughs> $10 <laughs> ticket. At first, Dana was so confused and scared of what was going on with her aunt's website. Players reached out to her and her Aunt Margaret's email to offer help. They left comments on her blog with things to try and various levels of advice. As time went on and Dana learned more, you could find out what was going on with I Love Bees via her blog. Dana's bio stated this, quote, In early July, an AI named Melissa crash-landed, badly damaged, onto the server that hosts my aunt's website. The AI tried to orient and repair itself. The result? It turned I Love Bees into a holy mess. Melissa, aka the operator, used to run communications on a ship called Apocalypso, the ship's purpose to spy on an enemy known as the Covenant. Bam! There it is. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Sorry. He knows what it means. Half the people at home went, huh? Half the people, what? look, if you, it's one of those things, if you know, you know. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And the people that know this go, there it is. Yes. That's the first big tell. Absolutely. And, but some people that might not know about this, there's two hints. Video game, Covenant, boom. Spoilers, Grand Theft Auto. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Grand, Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto 6. <laughs> it's also got the date and the trailer, 2004. Now, Dana's bio also states that the operator has started communicating again. Simply said... Dana is putting on her blog spot that the website has been taken over by an AI that has crashed into the servers, is damaged, needs help, and its main mission was to spy on this enemy known as the Covenant. And so it's doing whatever it can to use the website as a central hub to then leech out into the world and reach people. Damn, it's just some, story-wise, it's just some little old beekeeper's website uh -huh. made by their yep. niece, and all of a sudden... You know, boom, the covenant war <laughs> is on this site. It's happening. Right. Spy stuff. It's interesting because I know where this is headed. And uh, I was always curious, how do they link? How do these two link? Yeah, and I never knew like the true like story behind this. I just know how it ends and I have like personal experience. Yeah. Crash landing. So discussion for spiders seemed to occur primarily on two places. An IRC chat, kind of like the aim of its day and Unfiction, a forum for discussing and playing ARGs. Discussion of I Love Bees started in July 17th of 2004, just a day after Peter's blog post. This forum called it the Haunted Apiary instead of Spider. So we have two different project names until, I mean, history shows that it's referred to as I Love Bees now. Players of this ARG, of this game, nicknamed themselves Beekeepers, and Beekeepers began emailing Dana advice and received replies from her with speculation on the situation. So now you have a mystery that is communicating back. I love that term. That's like cool. the evolution of yeah. the, the mystery is like suddenly you see it, then it sees you, and then you interact with each other. Yep. Spooky. I love it. The beekeepers then looked into the source code of the website I Love Bees and even looked into the image metadata for clues. This is something we went whole hog on in this Kata 3301 mystery, but basically using various software tools, you can look beyond the visual of an image. You can see the metadata behind it, any sort of hidden images, whether in the code or in the image itself. 
or if there's any just text-based messages hidden within the visual asset of an image. That's wild. Just the digital like footprint, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like you can look at geographical data, who made it, when they made it, things like that. That's basic metadata. But sometimes you can also find embedded code and embedded messages that are like, it's a picture of a duck, but it actually says, go to this place and call this name, you know, yeah. or whatever. So anyways, people are looking into all sorts of this stuff. And within these data hidden spots, they found messages asking for help. Reports were in there. And there was actually a fantasy story that revealed the characters that would remain important throughout this game. And this is the biggest note. So some of those names are the Sleeping Princess, as you identified in that first screenshot. You have the operator, AKA Melissa. Mm -hmm. You have Pious Flea, like a little gnat kind of flea. And then you have the Widow slash Spider. On July 20th, 2004, users who had emailed the address associated with the site received a disturbing email from Margaret. Quote, keep me, odd behavior cry for help. I'm using it to make some of the messages, have ever put together some of the messages. Just wanted to say that I'm not odd behavior, but I danger a voodoo witch that runs smear into the web, the forte, the web, the forte, including the any enemies. I am sorry. Just wanted to say, just wanted to say, just wanted to say, just wanted to say. I'm not much of an expert, but I wanted, but I wanted to find out more about ordering some of the messages, the forte. I can see the forte problem. Quite interesting. No idea who I'm part of. Have any enemies? Voodoo witch. Voodoo parents. Voodoo witch. That runs into the web. Voodoo parents. Wanted to cover all my... Together at home, the forte of voodoo parents of mine. Voodoo parents. Keep me. I wanted to find out more. I wanted to find out if there's anything I can do. Problem quite interesting. Time of need. I wanted to say that I'm using it. some of the messages. Be some kind of cry for help. And if there's warning, voodoo parents to cry for help. Voodoo parents wanted to cover all of my odd behavior into the web. And if you check, it might be some kind of seductive danger of get many people angry. But I wanted to find all these people willing to help very nice. Problem quite interesting, love. Suffice to say, it's a very glitchy email where it sounds like an AI kind of losing itself, trying to speak to somebody and, and jumbling up a bunch of sentences that if you scrambled, might make a more coherent message. I almost wonder, this becomes lore later on, but like maybe the AI is going rampant at this point. That's what the, oh, rampant. Rampancy, yeah. that's what it's called. Yeah, that's, yeah, rampancy. Forgot about that. Um, in this world, AIs, when they reach the end of their lifespan, they become rampant. It's too much information that they've digested. And so mm -hmm. from there, they start to glitch out and they start to break down. It's an interesting theory. It could be because the operator's damaged. Yeah, it really could be. But now this part's wild to me. Okay. And I also love it because this email essentially stands as a fractured mirror to the players. Beekeepers, I mean, they must have really been communicating with each other to figure this one out, but they realize that this message, this wild, nebulous, everywhere message was pieced together by keywords from their own emails sent to the address. So when it says like, just wanted to say over and over, when it refers to voodoo a lot, when it talks about wanting to find out more, these are all phrases that people have sent this sentient AI and it used just all of those. Sent it, back. it just sent it back. Whoa, that's and, cool. And tried to recontextualize it to say something different with their words. So the thing about this episode is that it just covers like a genre it's very near and dear to my heart mm -hmm. um and i'll talk more about it because i don't want to give stuff away but there's a lot i have a lot of connective and emotional ties to 
to this. We're close. We're close yeah, to which the reveal. We're, which we're close. Um, but I also never knew the full length of the ARG. Mm -hmm. I just knew essentially that it existed right. and what it led to. Yeah. So it's really cool actually uncovering the full story here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot. And I and it's like, I was talking a lot with Jillian, too, and mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's tough to not cover every single detail, but we would be here genuinely for like hours and hours and hours. Yeah. There's yeah. so many puzzles and we details. Just we, you know, Red Web Task Force, you right. know, we cover the surface. So we're going to break know, things down. We, we kind of like dip our toes in it. And mm -hmm. uh, we're just a really good podcast in terms of like, hey, you know, this little thing exists. Here's a little slice. Right. Like more, you right. Know, we'll always open up there. the gates. We yeah. have references at the end of the podcast that we can point task force you to if you uh, want to get more tangible with it. But let me summarize this relatively broken email, what it's attempting to say. The email conveys that some kind of entity was trying to communicate through I Love Bees and needed help. Kind of reaffirms kind of what we already know. But again, the beekeepers, the puzzle solvers at the time, this is all they had. Now at this time, beekeepers were suspecting that this could be related to the video game known as Halo, as the enemy in that game was known as the Covenant. They were an alien race. And that's a copyright free rendition. <laughs> transformative use, transformative use. So a lot of people knew that this was coming at the top. A lot of people might not have known this. Now I'm not referring or, you know, confirming this way or that way, but again, unfolding this game, this ARG in real time, this is when people really started to wonder, does this have anything to do with this, at the time, extraordinarily popular single one-off video game, Halo. Halo Combat Evolved. Yes, it was sir. literally the game that sold the Xbox. Yep. You had, like, that was what put Xbox on the map when Nintendo, I don't know if even Sega was set around at that time, but you had, uh, you had Nintendo, Sega was in the consoles, um, and then you also had PlayStation, which was huge. And don't forget Microsoft Dreamcast. Came, uh, Dreamcast. S-tier. I love it. They're it the biggest one still. Wait, what? <laughs> They're gone? Wait, who did that? Sorry. But okay. like Microsoft entered the game with the Xbox and everyone was just like, oh man, it's a huge controller, like gigantic looking console. And there was this little game called Halo, which yep. just sold. That was the console seller for them. For yep. Sure. Yeah. I remember the black and white buttons. Couldn't reach them. Yeah. It was just, it was very awkwardly placed and everything like that. It was like holding a basketball for a controller. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, you're very intimately aware with, with Halo. You, you're a gamer through and through. But in 2004, fans of the video game series Halo were long awaiting a sequel to that incredible game. They knew that it was an open-ended story, that they knew something must be coming. And that game, the original game, came out in November of 2001. So we're talking about almost a three full years later by this point. The company behind Halo, Bungie, had been historically cryptic with their messaging and their storytelling, so fans were willing to jump in on any hint of Halo news. And for some extra background on the game, Halo is a futuristic sci-fi shooter where humans are attacked by the alien Covenant. The military in this universe makes use of extremely advanced artificial intelligence. We're talking 500 years in the future from right now, if not more. Now eventually, the beekeepers got confirmation of their suspicions. By July 23rd, 2004, a cinematic trailer was uploaded online. And at the end of the trailer, the URL ilovebees.com flashed on the screen where normally you would see xbox.com. 
After visiting the site, many Halo fans wondered if this was by accident, that the link was not meant to be in that video for some reason, but they found the first beekeepers online and now thousands more were becoming available, finding this webpage, coming into the folds, catching up on the ARG thus far, and then trying to backtrack, comb through everything on I Love Bees and trying to sort it all out. After July 27th, the black text box on I Love Bees said, quote, phase one complete. More strange images and text appeared across I Love Bees as phase two began. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, look. Oh, man, oh man. You have no idea what this game has meant to me. It is essentially the reason why I am here today. Just, I don't, man, I just must talk about it, but I don't want to keep it too long. But go for it. Talk about it. Big on video games, right? Uh -huh. Like I, I professionally played FPS games. My career mm -hmm. was based, my career was entirely made out of this index finger on my right hand just pulling that he held trigger. up his finger like et just, just pulling that trigger yeah and like i i grew up playing i played a little bit of games here and there but it wasn't until i went over to my uncle's house he had all his friends there and an xbox they had halo and i wanted to jump in and i whooped the hell out of my, <laughs> my uncle and his friends and that just sent me down a path of like playing fps games which eventually led to um me professionally playing which eventually led to me getting a job at IGN where I talked and produced content around FPS games, which eventually led into a bigger streaming career based around FPS games, which mm -hmm. I kept professionally playing. And that streaming career then helped me uh, get over to Rooster Teeth where I am now. And so like, it's just this big, huge spiral that all started because I picked up Halo. Yeah. Um, if, if I really want to backtrack it. So yeah, the, like Halo was big, man. I waited in line uh, I was the first one to pick up Halo 3 uh, at, at my local GameStop. Uh -huh. Like, uh -huh. I, I was there, man. Like, I was playing. Yeah, for sure. It's wild, dude. I think the butterfly effect of Halo's existence is tremendous. Like, in our personal lives, we can't undersell it, right? I fell out of gaming for several years. Like, I grew up, played PlayStation. My cousin had the uh, Nintendo 64. I eventually saved up enough money to buy a GameCube. And I had a PS2, I believe, at that time. And then I kind of phased out for a few years. I went outside. I touched grass. Oh, that man touched grass. I played sports. <laughs> I've heard of them. <laughs> but then what dragged me back in, my friends all playing Halo 3 on the Xbox. Double XP Weekend, Griff Ball, which was a Rooster Teeth made thing, by the way. Yeah, Halo, I mean, essentially, <laughs> you know, yeah. like put this company together. Right. And so that got me back into gaming, which turned me down an avenue of content creation where I was like, how can I make funny, enjoyable content with games as the medium? That then eventually led to my job here. But then for both of us, this company wouldn't exist without Halo yeah. because of Red versus Blue. Yep. And so it's amazing, again, the butterfly effect that this one game has. Exactly. Um, and it's and you can't undervalue just how feverish the fan base was. Like how it was such a good game, so innovative for the time, but also just how much people loved this thing. Yeah. It's how I met my best friend in uh freshman year of high school. I had a Halo championship like tournament DVD that I just brought to school for some reason and put it right at my desk along with my papers and my pencil. And then like this guy sat next to me named Tim, who I'm now friends with for 19 years, um, co-owner and uh, host of kind of funny games. But like he was like, oh Halo, huh? Like you play Halo and then you know the rest was history. You knew it's, what you were doing. 
That's like your business card. You put that on the desk. I kind of. I was like. So people know how to measure you. They go, oh. It was kind of as a stupid okay. way to like go into high school. But I was like, you know, I'll put it on there. And then, you know, if anyone likes Halo, we can talk Halo. Right. And then he just so happened to be like, oh, Halo. My friend plays Halo. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It's wild. So all that is to say, I mean, you know, a little personal history there that you get task force. But also, it's really to fully paint the picture of just how exciting and interesting and compelling this ARG was at this juncture at yeah. the end of phase one beginning of phase two this is when halo fans are starting to catch wind of it yeah. it's made an official connection to the game uh you have arg lovers people that like args just like fans like halo all coalescing into this really really fascinating setup for an arg which then again takes us into the next phase but yeah before we move on you know i'm talking about my friend of 19 years tim uh tim gettys let's name drop him yeah tim gettys of kind of funny <laughs> He will come into play later into this story. Wait, are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we did the research outline. <laughs> and this man, this is the first time he's turned the... He's flipped the script on me yeah, here. This is, this, dude, as soon okay. as I wasn't kidding when I said I had a lot of ties to this. Oh, and so, man. Like, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Then. No, he will come up again and plays a little bit of a part of this. Okay, my brain's trying to rack itself, trying to figure <laughs> out. Okay, we'll get into it. I'm very eager for that moment, so stop me when we get there. But, of course, now... Entering phase two, this is kind of the gameplay phase after the discovery phase. So within the hacked pages of ilovebees.com, beekeepers, and by the way, I just love that that's what the puzzle solvers are called, the gamers are called. Yeah, beekeepers. Beekeepers is just so good. They were able to find clues about the story. Other changes would occur randomly across the website, as I kind of mentioned earlier, but an update to the site listed 300 total websites, which included matching key phrases that, if identified properly, expanded on the story further. Again, this thing goes deep. There's a lot of visual details that are lost to time. Some have been archived. So I, I recognize I'm a little cursory glance here, yeah. kind of skimming across the waters. But essentially, the AI, Melissa, aka the operator, was looking for help on the web. And the spider is an automated system attempting to repair Melissa. These are the story beats that people figured out through these 300 extra web searches. A childlike AI, the sleeping princess, was hiding codes and riddles within the website of I Love Bees. Spoiler, without kind of actually spoiling anything, these were fragments of Melissa's consciousness, as it turns out. There was also a mysterious enemy AI called Pious Flea that infected Melissa. We won't go into the details of the story since there are simply too many details to get into, but we'll cover the gameplay portion and at least one example puzzle, one of the simpler puzzles to explain that the beekeepers kind of had to address and answer. As I kind of teased earlier, I, I, I want to put it out there without promising it, but I, again, was talking to Jillian and I, and I would love to do a follow-up video essay on this topic where we go oh, straight yeah. to the point, provide some visuals, and get a little bit more into the details of it all. Um, but that is a kind of format that Christian and I are working to budget out full transparency for 2024 as a thing that Red Web does. Um, if you guys, Task Force, if that sounds interesting to you, uh, mysteries done through the, the form of video essay, please let us know because I'd love to do that kind of stuff. Now, for those wanting to get hands-on, as I mentioned, we're going to include all the sources that we used to pull this all together at the end of the episode, as well as on social at Red Web Pod. Now, Dana's blog that I mentioned earlier updated beekeepers on her findings and essentially contextualized and summarized what had happened in-game. I'm not referring to Halo, I'm referring to I Love Bees, this game. 
The updates helped provide what beekeepers needed to do and named players who solved puzzles or helped push the story along. That's cool. Very cool. To be recognized like that in the community. Absolutely. That's, that's sick. And it has the same flavor of what early Xbox did with the achievement system. Oh, and, really? And with like Halo 2, especially going into Halo 3, your achievements, your efforts manifested in how you were able to outfit your character. And so to me, this is like the reward for effort is yeah. in that same vein. So it's I like love that. Kind of like a light testing bed. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people seeing their names come out there, they're like, oh, that I need to solve something. And so people got really invested. Soaks the fire, man. Mm -hmm. You want to be one of the people that's on that mantle. Dude, I wish I knew about this. I would have been all over Oh, it. that's, yeah. You would have been all over I would have been like, 100%. Mom, put the phone down. I'm going on AOL. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on. Stop talking to Aunt Beth. I need to figure out what's going on with the bees. <laughs> You've got mail. Um, <laughs> mom, the bees, the bees, mom. <laughs> Now, players found out that Sleeping Princess had hacked into Margaret's email, remember the owner of the honey, and would send cryptic messages to players. This answers the strange email that I attempted to read earlier was not from Margaret herself, but instead that was the childlike AI, Sleeping Princess, again, reflecting that back in that kind of cracked mirror sort of way. Now, on August 10th, the phase two countdown ended, which expanded the hacking of I Love Bees even further. It said, quote, phase two complete, the medium has metastasized. It also said in phase three, things would get, quote, wide awake and physical. There was even more text throughout the site, in the code and embedded in the images. A list of 220 coordinates with time codes appeared under the links page. This would later shift down to 210. At first, players feared these coordinates were actually their personal locations, because remember, as they figured out puzzles, their names would show up, so yeah, now they're thinking, then, uh, yeah, it's just giving, it's just messing up and giving back personal feedback, right? Personal information. And it's too much credit. Don't dox yeah. me. Yeah. But instead, there was an unfiction player who quickly pointed out that these coordinates led to a public place. Now, this isn't the modern internet. You can't just go plug in the coordinates into Google Maps and then yeah. plop it out. So it took somebody with a little know how to actually figure out where these were. Mm hmm. And they actually, and then they assumed, right? So these are public places, all these coordinates. Players then assumed that they were likely payphones in these public locations. There was still a ton of debate on Unfiction as to the meaning of these locations and the dates and times. I love the debate. I love that people are getting eager with it. And maybe I got hindsight. But when ilovebees.com shows up in the Halo trailer, just even for a, a flicker. Right. And when like two things kind of coalesce here, payphones, coordinates, public locations. Again, no Google Maps, can't go zooming in. It's amazing to me that there is a debate. I'm curious what the what the other side of the debate was saying. Yeah, because it just seems like it's the most legitimized ARG, right? You have a huge reputable company, and essentially at this point, it's like, oh, okay, this is like a huge marketing thing. People are getting involved. What is it going to lead to? Maybe a trailer? Oh, we got a trailer. Oh, the trailer confirmed that it is in association with or like maybe it was an accident. G. Right, but it's That's just like, one argument, it's, like, it's right? just so weird. But I guess, you know, early, early in the internet, and so, like, more so now it's, like, hindsight. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah I mean, like, you know, I mean, it's very, you know how, like, way back when uh, it's, like, Stranger Danger, early internet was, like, oh, Stranger Danger again. That's true. It was, like, another way of Stranger Danger. So we got to put ourselves like, in that 2004 mindset. Yeah, so I guess it's just, like, okay, well, like, is this super legit, or is this, like... 
you know, it's just a virus. That yeah, attacked, you know? that's true. And also, and that's that's the reality of it too. You're totally right. Is that okay? These are coordinates that you can ac- access. Like maybe you don't go stomping out there just yet. Yeah. So August 24th. Now the phase three timer ends. We are quickly now through the phase three, and the payphones start ringing. The first one. I don't remember where exactly it was, but it went off at 6.07 a.m. local time, wherever that phone was. And throughout the rest of that day, all the pain phones began kind of going off. This was the beginning of phase four. And for now, all the phones were relegated to the United States. But soon, they'll leap over to London. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, he knows too much. He knows too much. It's all ringing a bell. <laughs> I wonder, like... I just don't remember, but like, I mean, I guess you're just ringing random payphones. What if someone just answers? You know what I mean? Like, you know, I mean, this is a, this is like a halo quote, but like, do you just like, does someone, you know, do you just answer the phone and it's just like, wake up, John. And it's like, I'm Ken. What's up? Um, <laughs> Wait a minute. Is this Morpheus? I'll, I'll come with you. <laughs> yeah. I'll take the pills. Yeah. Like, what if it isn't, you know what I mean? Like a fan yeah. of the game is like, I don't. Know who John is? What? I'm Ken, bro. Like you need, John's not here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just be straight with you. John's gone. That's a great question because uh, when a beekeeper would answer the payphone, they had to respond to the voice of Melissa and provide the correct answer to a question. If they didn't have the correct answer, I assume Melissa would just hang up. So if you said, "No, I'm uh. I'm Ken, dude," and they go click. could you imagine though if you were a stranger you just watched matrix early 2000s you you pick up a pain phone you go maybe this is it maybe this is my morpheus and they go wake up neo and you go i'm ken and then it hangs up but then forever you you that's all you know yeah of this instance and so you tell your friends going like i don't know but i think i talked to morpheus right (laughs) but also i found out that i'm not the main character right Right. i might be a program not even a side character so (laughs) i'm back in (laughs) oh my god so only players with knowledge of the game could answer the questions you couldn't simply just go i know of ilovebees.com and then answer it you would literally need to know a little bit about the story for example one of the questions was crew member what is my nickname to which the correct answer is operator correct responses to the calls led to audio files or axons as they were called and those would be unlocked on i love bees these axons much like the ones in our brains helped connect melissa's memories so the more that they unlocked the more memories would come to fruition if you got the question wrong actually this is for you you would hear quote purge the contents of your chatter you would then hear an endless, spooky repetition of I love bees until, if you were patient enough, she would hang up on you unless you hung up first. Mm, yeah. You just sit there listening to a woman say I love bees until she goes, okay, fine, I'll oh, hang up. Okay, bye. A progress bar then showed up on the webpage where, and it showed that there were 777 total axons rather than the initial 220, suggesting that more coordinates were bound to come in. This is where I have another image for you. So this shows kind of what it looked like on the web page, how each of the coordinates were bundled into groups of seven, and Jesus. there were a bunch of groups of those coordinates. This is so much. But it really feels like you're in like a hacker world when it, you're looking at this. Dude, it does, man. I'll be honest, I'm I'm sorry, I'm not fit to to join Zion and <laughs> fight against the machine. The machine! Um, because that's just a lot to look at. 
Uh-huh. I'm kind of tired looking at it. I look, I look at that and I immediately think of my time in engineering and I go, that's an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. And my eyes gloss over and I go, there is no spoon. <laughs> yeah. There is no cell. Dude, we would not be in Zion partying. Hey, bro. could you read this, the whole thing? There is no text. <laughs> no, we wouldn't be down there so bumping and much. thumping. No. Now, of course, as players kind of expected, there were waves of new coordinates revealed as time went on. This included some of the first international coordinates, as I teased, in London. This then escalated to Melissa asking beekeepers to take photos at payphones, photos which would later appear on the website, I Love Bees. We have another instance of that for you. So that top image you can see, just groups of people out on the street, hanging out at phone booths. Damn, that's a giant group of people. What the hell? Hey, that's San Francisco right there, baby. Is it really? Yeah, it is. Wait, is Tim in that photo? Are you about to surprise me? (laughs) That would be wild if Tim was in that photo right (laughs) now. That would be wild. And there's actually a a decent chance that he would be, but no, I don't see him. Um, Yeah, baby. This is where you take the little, like, little trolley thing. Um, Oh, yeah. This is is downtown. Yeah, that's the gap. And Forever 21 is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a cool-ass pizza spot, like, literally just, like, half a block down. Uh, and a record joint, but uh, I don't think they're there anymore. Yeah, that's SF downtown. That's sick. That's so cool. That's really cool, man. Yeah, that's pretty wild. And I and I love that, again, in a deeper way now, if you're comfortable with it, taking a photo and putting it up on someone's random website that, you know, early 2000s bravery. But it's so interesting now that it's interacting with people and now showcasing people, not just their names as they puzzle solve, but as they do the thing. And it's like, and it definitely starts to feel at this point a little bit more like a marketing stunt. It starts to yeah, for sure. get a little bit more into the promo side of it all. But I also just think that this is so unique. Again, thinking in 2004 terms, to see your face on any page, oh, Friendster yeah. and MySpace are like super new at this point, right? Yeah. If, if not even yeah, around and you're yet. Seeing, if anything, you're seeing yourself on your personal pages, right? Yeah. And someone has to go to your personal page yeah. to see you. But, but now you're here, like, look, I'm on the, I'm on the mystery. Like, Whoa, look, that's me. That's so cool. Now, before we continue, we are the movie podcast about mysteries. Yes, we are. When did the payphone come out with Colin Farrell? I was going to mention that. Like, Could you imagine? Like, two minutes ago, I was like, <laughs> I was like could you imagine did you just open it thinking, it, it, like, you know, it's I Love Bees, but mm-hmm. really it's, you know, some, some, someone's holding you hostage in a, in a payphone machine. You got a line of people lined up going, oh, it's going to be my turn. They're rubbing their hands. They're going, oh, it's going to be my turn to talk to Melissa, a.k.a. the operator for I Love Bees, a website that's been taken over mm-hmm. by a sentient AI from the great beyond. You open up the creaky door. Ee! The phone rings. You're like, it's my time. <laughs> There's a long line behind you. You grab the phone and it goes, don't move. Close the door. <laughs> you're not leaving. Yeah. And then the whole movie unfolds. And you're like, guys, wait, I need help with this. This isn't the thing. This, this is isn't it. I Love Bees. There's and a. They're like, get out, man. There's a white train to talk to the Melissa. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't. If I hang up, it'll, it'll take me. <laughs> Dude, be, that was a good movie, Colin Farrell. It's very good for a single location movie, yeah, essentially. It is. Yeah. It's so good. All right. Now we've got these new coordinates. It's Leapt the Pond. It's talking to people over in London now. Photos start to appear on the website. Now, beekeepers were dedicated and. They traveled all over the place to answer these calls. And according to online discussion, one beekeeper actually, wow, visited a payphone during Hurricane Ivan. And it was so dangerous to the point where the voice actress for Melissa, the, I mean, these this is another fact that blows me away. These weren't recorded voicemails. These were people on a phone oh. actually calling 
and acting as these characters. That's cool. That makes more sense. Because yeah. I'm like, well, the tech is crazy. You're automized. It's automized on these payphones and mm -hmm. stuff. Like, that's... Okay, that makes that's more sense. That's pretty cool. Now, it got so insane that this person out there in Hurricane Ivan's going, Hello! <laughs> that the person doing Melissa's voice broke character and told them to go inside to safety. Like, that's how dedicated some of these beekeepers were. Dude, that makes sense. Um, Tim and I, when we worked at IGN, there was a marketing thing for Mass Effect 3. Mm -hmm. And they had, like... And they did this, like, in San Francisco, where they just launched early copies of the game, like, weeks early. They put them in, like these like weather balloons that went into the atmosphere Whoa. and they were set to come down uh -huh. and so it's like well here's the coordinates to track it so if you you know if it lands and you get to it first you get an early copy of the game well they missed the mark of where they were supposed to land so they landed in like the forest in like i don't know the uh, south of like san francisco so tim and i went on this we were like telling like you know our boss and i didn't like please let's go we we're like super new at this point yeah please we gotta get go. footage we'll film the whole thing like please let us go we were like not even on camera at that point doing stuff so we went and we documented and like every hour we like sent in the video footage of like hey we're on the road hey we're tracking it it's here and we're here um and then uh we we're like oh it seems like it's in the woods so we're, we're you know we here we go and then so we go into the woods and um we lost service and the last message that we sent to them was like uh, it's just tim and i in the middle of the woods going we don't know where we are we just oh, kind of no. know it's this way we think <laughs> anyways alfredo might have poison ivy but we'll check back in later six hours later they didn't hear back from us oh so we're just God. like great we sent the young like idiots to go get this <laughs> game and like and now they're dead. Um, but it landed super high in a tree. And then oh, did you find of, it? Yeah, we found it. And there was a ton of people that came over there too. And so, like, it was like I was talking like the, the top of a tree. Like, yeah, like you ever see ants though? To climb on each other's shoulders. Huge. But like, we were all rallying together to like try and get it down. But yeah. essentially, some some of the uh, like PR reps came and like, guys, this is dangerous. We're gonna get you, all you guys' information, and we're gonna get you copies of the game early uh but just please just leave this alone <laughs> like because essentially like you know they they tried and you they kind of messed up, there? up. Uh, no it was taken down someone oh, got dang. it down they took the whole tree down <laughs> yeah they yeah they did <laughs> dang. but like that's where like a marketing thing where they went i didn't land in the right spot yeah. and now like it's getting unsafe we gotta look we'll get you guys copies of the game just go home i thought it was gonna go a completely different route i thought <laughs> gamers all over sf were gonna be clobbered in the head with early copies of this game like <laughs> they, they sent it up into the air with balloons until they popped and then they just rain down video games. Like, yeah. Get, yeah. Oh, no, that, oh um, I guess I'll play this. That is all like online YouTube. That's like if you want oh, to see that's like, cool. like, yeah, myself like eight years ago. That's wild. I love that you guys were, you guys would have been the beekeeper. Well, it sounds like Tim was a beekeeper. We don't what you're trying to tell me that. We don't know that you know, yet. We don't know that yet. And then, and that you were a, a mass keeper, you know, for Mass Effect. Effector, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they called them. Effectors. <laughs> yeah, yep, I was an effector. <laughs> uh, driving out, trying to trying to find these games. But yeah, beekeepers were driving all over the place, hours at a time, to answer these phones. And by mid-September, the game itself, this ARG, seemed to be slowing down, according to Steve Peters' blog. This episode of Red Web is sponsored by Factor. Get started on your New Year resolutions with Factor. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of all the meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, the prep work, all that cooking fatigue, and instead get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 meals to choose from each and every week, including options like keto, calorie-smart, vegan, and veggie options, 
and so much more. Plus, over 55 weekly add-ons, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. Factor also offers loads of snack options like breakfast, smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep you going no matter what's on the schedule. I recently enjoyed a Factor meal just last night. Pork tenderloin with the garlic buttery green bean option. There was a uh, some cabbage slaw underneath it all. And it, it was beautiful. Every time I've had a Factor meal, it's convenient. It's nutritious. It hits my macros. I'm trying to gain a little weight, a little muscle. And they're, they're delicious every single time. And they're so convenient and so fresh. So if that interests you, head to factormeals.com slash redweb50, aka redweb50, and use code redweb50. Again, that's a five zero at the end to get 50% off. That's RedWeb, R-E-D-W-E-B-5-0 at Factormeals.com slash RedWeb50 to get 50% off. This episode of RedWeb is sponsored by BetterHelp. Around New Year's, people can get obsessed with how to change themselves instead of just expanding on what they already are doing right. Maybe they finally organized one part of their space and now want to tackle another. Or maybe they're taking supplements every morning and now want to actually eat breakfast as well. That would be me. They got me. Therapy helps you find your strength so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. I really enjoy how accessible BetterHelp is. You go to their website, they have a simple survey to fill out so they can get to know you and make sure that they find the right therapist, which is the number one factor in finding help through therapy. Also, the fact that you can switch at any time to a new therapist, no cost, find that right person, and it's all online. I love all of it. It makes it so much less daunting. If you're thinking about starting therapy, BetterHelp is a great option. It's entirely online, like I said, and it's designed to be convenient and flexible. All you have to do is fill out that survey I mentioned, and they'll match you with a licensed therapist. Plus, you could switch therapists at any time. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com RedWeb today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot RedWeb. This episode of RedWeb is sponsored by Rocket Money. You ever feel like your subscriptions are taking over your life? We're all subscribed to something these days. That's just how the cookie crumbles. But guess what? There's a superhero in town, and it's called Rocket Money. Rocket Money is the personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. They monitor your spending, and they will help you lower your monthly bills. You can see all of your subscriptions in one convenient place, and if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it right there in-app with a tap, and they're going to handle it all for you. You never have to get on the phone with customer service, do that whole rigmarole of 15 minutes of this and that and the other. No, Rocket Money's got you covered. I really appreciate that fact. I know Fredo's used this, but I've dabbled with it as well. The fact that you can monitor all your spending from all your cards in one app, cancel everything. It's a one-stop shop for saving your finances and monitoring your spending. I love that. And Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members on average $720 a year. With over $500 million in canceled subscriptions, you could be part of that wave, baby. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash redweb. That's rocketmoney.com slash redweb. And just in case, I want to make sure you're on board the rocket, rocketmoney.com slash redweb. This episode of Red Web is sponsored by Zbiotics. If you're looking for that surefire way to wake up in the morning feeling fresh after a night of drinking, it's with Zbiotics. Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. 
they've got those buff minds. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, in addition to dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. Just remember to make Zbiotics your first drink of the night. Drink responsibly, and you'll feel your best tomorrow. Task Force, I'll be honest with you, here in 2024, I want to form more sustainable and better fitness habits, both physically and mentally. And this is not an all-or-nothing approach, but Zbiotics allows me to enjoy nights out in moderation while working towards these goals. Go to zbiotics.com slash redweb to get 15% off your first order when you use RedWeb at checkout. Zbiotics is backed with 100% money-back guarantees, so if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash redweb and use code redweb at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. On September 21st, though, all 777 axons had been unlocked, yet more were added. Oh my god, they're really drawing it out. Oh yeah. And seven is a huge number for Halo. They have so many seven references. Yeah. So to go beyond triple seven, that's interesting. Now this is the beginning of phase five. This time, some axons were solved not by phone, but instead by correctly solving puzzles hidden throughout the website itself. Many of these locations were in the same places mentioned previously. You know, the about page, the links page, etc. The same day when beekeeper XN Bomb answered an axon call, something very strange happened. And XNB, as we'll call him, actually transcribed the experience that he had on the phone with an operator. It's going to be quite long, but bear with us. I think it's fascinating. XNB says on this phone call, this is how it begins. He says, hello. OP says, don't hang up. If you really are who I think you are, I must tell you something. But I'm still detecting strange connection hardware. It's getting quite suspicious and making it harder and harder for me to maintain this voice. I need for you to prove that you're one of my crew. What's my favorite game? Hide and seek. And then XMB actually notates that he enunciated this since they still hadn't realized that this was an axon. That some like this was a one of the puzzles. Because this was entirely yeah. different than the other calls mm-hmm. and the puzzles on the website. Fine. It's the right answer. But how do I know you are a real person? You might be a recording. Prove to me that you're a real person. Since you know my favorite game, tell me what your favorite game is. Football. Eh, not Halo. Wrong answer. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, could you imagine, like, I'll be honest, man, I would have fumbled the bag. Like, if I walked up, patched the phone, and I'm like, oh, this is ne- this next phase. I'll be honest, I'm not one of the smart ones. I'm not right, one right. of the smarter beekeepers. <laughs> and so, like, they're kind of off duty right now. And so, if you'd like to call back, <laughs> yeah. I'll get yeah. one of the smarter uh, beekeepers here right, right. that we can really, like, figure this out. He goes, he goes, oh, no, I can't hang up? Okay. And he and he, he goes, watch this. And he takes the payphone phone and he puts it up, props it up, and then he does orange justice. Yeah, very much. And just start dancing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Does that work for you? So, he answers football. But he himself, XNB, refers to it. He's saying soccer. And he gives a little, uh, okay. little weak yeah, emoji. Yeah. So then the operator once again responds. And this is operator, if I didn't make that clear. But operator responds, football. What's your name? XN Bomb. What's your rank? Colonel. You're a... Colonel. Are there people there with you? I'm sorry? Are there people there with you? Yeah, it's, it's kind of noisy here. Gas station. How many people would you say are around you? I don't know. I'd say five to ten. Can you describe some of the things that are around you right now? 
Well, let's see. Uh, gas pumps, gas tanks, uh, cars. There's a highway, there's some trees, uh, the sky. You are a real person. It's been a long time since I've contacted anyone. Oh, I'm so glad to talk to you. I, I don't. Without people to look at. Are you still there? Oh, yeah. Sometimes people don't think we need them, but we do need them. Oh, yeah. People are uh, important. It's good to have um, relationships. Colonel, I don't. I can't remember my own life. I need memories. Can you tell me about a time when you felt lonely like I do? Yeah, well, uh, let's see. Once I was out in the woods with a bunch of people and a couple of them... Well, a couple of them got lost and, uh... I was responsible for getting them back in one piece and, uh... Uh, I was a little worried and... I was a little worried that something very bad happened to them. And then he notes that at this point he was kind of snickering to himself because he realized he was transcribing all this. Yeah. To then put it on the website. I assume he's kind of making up this particular story to feed the, the narrative here. Operator says, What happened to them? Well, after about two or three hours, we finally found them. They'd thought they'd uh, heard a bear and went scurrying off into the woods. It was probably a lot scarier for them than it was for me, but uh, it was an experience. I would expect so. It is obvious to me that you are a trusted crew member. Now that I know that you are real and that you can be trusted, I have to tell you something. I have information that confirms and it can't be compromised. I can only reveal to confidence. And I have find my home base. Some sort of rogue process. It's important that I broadcast this information, but this hardware is public and it's not reliable. Is there another number or reliable line that I can transmit information to you? Yes, I can give you my address. That's wow. That's gnarly. That's gnarly. <laughs> and then a uh, phone number portion edited out, as XMB says here. Are you still there, Colonel? Yeah, I'm. I am. Now you understand. In the future, I can't call you and compromise security, but I'll transmit once a week. Do you agree to this? Yes, I understand. Can you repeat the number, please? And then he notes that after this, she does not speak again. Again, the phone number portion was edited out. He repeats his phone number. He mentions address. I'm not sure if he gave that, but he definitely gave the phone number. And then he, he asks this. He goes, is that all? Quiet. Hello? Click. Call ends. Other players had similar interactive experiences, which led to unlocked audio files. And I would imagine that per this kind of phone call, that that would be the memories being unlocked. Because again, every puzzle is an axon released or connected, and then that releases a new memory. Their names and ranks appeared on I Love Bees, and Dana's blog updated to inform players that this was Melissa accepting calls and that she considered the beekeepers her crew. And if you put it back into the Halo terms, every major uh, Marine ship, and we're talking about inner space now, uh, the Marines have moved on, the USMC, they're flying these giant spaceships, and each one essentially has an AI counterpart to the captain. Yep. And so this AI, this Melissa, is referring to all the beekeepers, all the puzzle solvers as her crew, probably as a in-lore memory to the crew that she might have once had. Now, like I said before, the puzzles are extensive, but I did want to give one of the simpler ones just so you could get an idea of what these puzzles looked like, how they felt. And this one was interesting. I think this one was found from the clues when the site updated on October 8th, so it's quite a ways down. 
Within the file called cutebee.gif, the text, quote, sounds like was discovered. Again, like I mentioned, sometimes images can hide hidden messages in the metadata. Mm -hmm. They found the, the two words sounds like. Another file was uploaded called langshivel.gif. And within that was a long list of words that I'll give you a brief snippet of. Underneath, without, over, behind, against, into, at, aside, inside, in, below, above, beneath, beside, after, under, around, etc. Basically, a very long list of prepositions Damn. that describe where something is in correlation to something else. They're all in that kind of family. Yeah. Now, one word stood out to people, and I'm. this is simplifying time a lot here. This is a riddle that people figured out, and it took them a long time to solve this particular riddle. And again, it's one of the simpler ones. Eventually, beekeepers noticed that the word upon was not in this list. It felt like a word that would fit this category. U-P-O-N, like upon something. You fell upon something, you sat upon a chair. And then someone with a bigger brain cell than mine said, combining the text from cutebee.gif with this missing word would then give you a riddle. Sounds like upon. Players then answered with A underscore pawn. That was the correct answer to this particular puzzle in this junction. Oh, I never figured that out. But that it, it's it's, a, it's an example of a puzzle that just took so long for people to understand. And yeah. in hindsight, they go, oh, it's so obvious. Yeah. But these are the caliber of puzzles we're dealing with. Damn, for these they axons. really went all out. Yeah. And so we had 777 phone calls to initiate the first axons. And then from there, we had more axons made available, but those were a combination of unique phone calls, standard phone calls, and then puzzles like this. So, I mean, this was really drawn out. Yeah. Damn. Long one. This would, this would be the better part of a year for someone to kind of like be a yeah. part of. Now, moving on to the kind of end rewards, as it were. On October 26, Melissa destroyed the Sleeping Princess AI. But going back a few days, October 19th, a recipes page revealed a training exercise for November 4th, and it also had four coordinates which would lead to four cities. Austin, Texas, San Francisco, Chicago, Illinois, and New York City, New York. Yeah, baby. Dana provided alternate locations for folks outside of those cities as well. But those were the four major hubs. When beekeepers arrived at the locations, they had to give a code word to access the training. This code word, again, comes from all the story, all the puzzles kind of unfurling. But suffice to say, the code word for this event was, quote, the operator left something for me. It's also worth noting that November 4th happened to be the day that Melissa stated she would be leaving Earth. So let's jump to November 4th. The last axons were uploaded to I Love Bees on this day, all of the beekeepers with their code phrases went to the coordinate locations to see what was in store for them at these locations. Altogether, the axons revealed an audio drama of the background of the entire ARG, and that was given to players in a random order. Players who went to the last four coordinate locations were able to then play Halo five days before it was released to the public, which sounds super cool. Can you imagine? Man, I mean, you know it's attached to Halo at this point, but you're like... On this one day, the ARG ends, Melissa leaves Earth, you get finally all this broken audio for months on end is reorganized into the audio play that it, that I just want to listen to that now. That is the entire backstory to this ARG. And then, to cap it all off, the climax of this whole story, you're on location, boots on the ground, maybe an SF, 
picking up that controller. You can't reach the black and white buttons because you're only 12, but that's okay because you're playing Halo 2 five days early. So that, yes, happened. One of the locations was San Francisco. Tim was, you know, uh, one of the people that was a beekeeper. That's so cool. <laughs> and That's so, so cool. <laughs> he was telling me all these things happening. And I was just like, I just, this is so above my pay grade right now. Like, this is, he was the this smart is, one. This is so cool. <laughs> this is so wild. And then uh-huh. went to the location, uh, which at the time was the Metreon. So it's just kind of like this um, multi story. Oh, like, Metreon Zinthos. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> multi-story, <laughs> this multi-story like mall, but like there's just like a movie theater inside, and there's yeah. different like locations. So he went there, and he got to play Halo early, but he got to play it in a movie theater on a giant oh, screen. That's the way to do it. Yeah, which was Man. awesome. And so like obviously me being the super sweaty. Um, Halo player, when he came back, I was like, "Give me all the details, man." Like, I like, is there like you know? Oh, like uh, the ghost, which was like a covenant like vehicle, kind of like a hover, little like hover uh, one oh, man yeah. like hover vehicle. Little, got little wings. Uh, it's got little wings on it, stuff like that. Uh, in the first one, it was like indestructible, and then he was like, "No, you can destroy it." In the second one, you can break it apart piece by piece, and then actually destroy the vehicle. So like, and then he was like, "You can dual wield weapons," and, yeah. and so he played. Uh, he got to play Halo 2 early, and then he came back and shared all the deets, and I was like, oh my god, like, I can't believe you can destroy a ghost now. That's crazy. All right, so and capture the flag. I'm going to be able to, like, take a rocket, destroy it, hypothetically, and then so that way I want to do it. Like, right, and so, right. like, it was really the cool, but, changes. like, he was a beekeeper, and he got to go play this game early, and uh, it was damn cool. I knew it was coming, because you hadn't said anything yet. And I'm, I'm coming up to the end of my outline. And so I'm like, wait a minute. SF is one of the cities. Mm-hmm. And it's coming up on playing it early. That's all I got left almost. Yeah. He's a beekeeper. <laughs> and that's the game to play early. You know, we get a lot of beta access these days. Yeah, a lot exactly. of games come early. Exactly. This is the, the hypest game of its time. Yep. The hypest sequel. And you get to play it five days early, which yeah. was like not a thing, not it, a normal it, thing. It was one of the biggest games of the decade. One of the biggest games to ever be released. Mm-hmm. And this is during a time, not like you said, nowadays, you get early access to everything, right? Sure. Days early, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, movies you can go see on a Thursday night, you know? Yeah. Like not you get, midnight anymore. No, not midnight. 6 p.m. Yeah. And so you can get like access to all these things early. There's always early access, betas and whatnot, alphas, betas. And this is like during a time where like there wasn't, the internet wasn't like this big, huge thing. No one really like knew how to like navigate it, but also people didn't get access to stuff like this. You know what I mean? Content creation wasn't like a huge thing. No, you know, like YouTubers, influencers, all that kind of stuff that now get early access to things. Like that was for like companies that like like IGN or GameSpot that mm-hmm. were like these distinguished companies that were, you know, like um, reporters and stuff like that yeah and so for the general public to get their hands early on something like this and on the scale of like doing it in a movie theater like it was unheard of Dude, it was massive that's so cool but also so wild to think about yeah like and that's what i love about doing this show task force is like is really trying to remind you of the mindset as these puzzles go out as these mysteries unfold as the true crime scene is investigated it's trying to like immerse yourself in that moment and this is a moment that you lived very vividly, but we both, or all three of us here in the room have kind of lived through. And it's wild to think about a time just 20, 21 years ago that, or no, no, 19 years ago, yeah. that 
this industry just didn't exist. I mean, you have Rooster Teeth there, like talking to uh, Bungie because they're going, how did you do what you did with the cameras to make a show? We need to know that so when we make this next game, we can like, because this is clever. We need these tools built in. Yeah. You have IGN as like journalists kind of like spreading the gap from like old media to this new confangled yeah. internet thing. And I don't know, it's just so cool to like see this game really tap into like these emerging outlets and platforms and, and light up an audience in such a cool way. Yeah. I love it. And it's a video game. And it's right? a video game. Of course, like video games were huge during that time, but there's not as mainstream as it is today, right? Like nerd Correct, culture, yeah. nerd culture is so much more popular now. Oh yeah, comparatively to back then. Back then uh, it was get outside. Why are you playing your games all day? Right. Why don't exactly. you read a book or play a sport? Like you, like playing like, a literally. game was very much like, oh, you're a nerd, and it wasn't cool to be a nerd. And not only that, it was just like something you did as a hobby. Let like unlike nowadays where we have careers based off of this. So like it's really really cool. To see the evolution of like certain things. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Times be changing. And who runs the world? Nerds. Okay. Um, <laughs> now we're a music podcast. So I'm very curious now as I kind of unfurl the the kind of other Fallout details of this ARG. Did Tim have what I'm about to talk about? Because people who went to these locations received final messages from Melissa as well as a commemorative DVD the contents of which can now be found on the Internet Archive. You can go look at what is on it, but I'd be very curious how many physical copies of I Love Bees are still floating around and if Tim ever got one. Oh, I mean, if they gave him out at the event, he definitely, like, has it. Yeah. Um, that feels like a kind seen, of funny, like, this, how'd like, you get that thing? Yeah, you know what I mean? No, for sure. Um, no, if they gave him out at the event, he had it. Yeah. Uh, I just don't, I can't recall. I gotta so send him a ago. text. I'm very curious. Yeah. Do you have this? And he'd be like, why are you asking? <laughs> Obviously. <Yeah. laughs> Obviously, I do. So now, what's interesting, too, about the SF location, it's the location that Margaret's Honey is headquartered in, where the server was that Melissa crashed into, and also one of the cities that hosted this, this event. And so... There's something a little bit particularly special about SF, and I'm, I'm sure it's maybe because Bungie had an office there, you'd have to tell me, but at the SF event, beekeepers were able to meet some of the puppet masters, as they were called, i.e. the creators of I Love Bees, also i.e. aka 42 Entertainment. Those are the people that were behind Bungie's ARG. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Coming back to the game and the game lore, to kind of conclude this a little bit more, the spider removes the pious flea from I Love Bees, and a new timer was added to the site. This time, it was more than 500 years from that day. It was November 9th, 2552, and this is supposedly when Melissa would be returning, but also in the Halo storyline, that is the year the Covenant attacked Earth to kick off all of Halo. Yeah, and then glass the planet. Mm-hmm. Halo 2 ultimately released on November 4th, 2004, though none of the lore of I Love Bees appeared in the game. No. Now, to kind of conclude this wild ARG, there's a few hanging chads, as it were. I want to break down a few odds and ends in the Halo puzzle universe. It is somewhat debated whether the story of I Love Bees is canon, but there are aspects of I Love Bees that greatly influence the future Halo games. For instance, the mysterious audio files, which were made by 42 Entertainment, as well as the glyphs that you can see visually, both of these items in Halo 3 ODST. And according to a gaming slash Halo YouTuber who covered I Love Bees, as well as a few of these other mysteries, Rocket Sloth. When you put all these together, the glyphs form somewhat of a honeycomb. I would say it's up for debate. You might be leaning 
that direction. Yeah. But it does have a bit of that honeycomb shape. And this particular mystery was only solved recently, or I should say maybe resolved, not yeah. solved, but resolved, resolved in these last two years, despite Halo 3 ODST releasing in September 2009. And I say resolved because, and I went back and watched Rocket Sloth's video, it's not that there's an obvious answer, but one of the things they do say is that it it's almost like one of the more obvious solutions is that these glyphs were just something to make you go, huh? and ask questions. Mm. I don't think that every curiosity in Halo has a particular answer, yeah. but they are very good at making you ask questions, and sometimes those bear fruit. Another example of that being in Halo 3, one of the other unsolved mysteries of the Halo franchise is the Sand Trap Cipher. Sand Trap was one of the multiplayer maps. It was quite yep. big. It was for big team battles and whatnot. It was one of my favorites. But in there, it's kind of like ancient Egyptian ruins in a way, but futuristic. And in certain spots on the map, you can see this vertical kind of Rosetta Stone-esque writing. And a lot of people have tried to pull that off, try to translate it, try to figure out what that cipher says. It's entirely possible that it says something and it just hasn't been cracked yet. Jeez. We, we know ciphers that have lasted longer. Um, yeah. The Zodiac Cypher, for example, lasted way longer and it finally got cracked. So maybe 20, 30 years from now, it'll get Someone cracked. Crack that jam. Or it could just be something that was just like yeah, it's thrown up. a designer kind of uh, made and yeah. it looked cool. The website could be outdated, but there's some unresolved speculation on Firefly's wiki, which is a fan-made wiki for I Love Bees, basically trying to pick up some of the loose ends that this story left behind, see if there's answers to those. And it also looks like there's still some speculation over which character said what in text pieces on I Love Bees, basically saying that black text box that came up, some of it's obviously Melissa, aka the operator, but some of it is also like, well, that doesn't feel in character for her. Is that somebody else? Is that one of the other AI? For example, that hidden tiny text in the background that repeats, yeah. apparently that's Pious Flea. So some of the text on the website has a clear owner and some does not. So Ooh. a few loose ends. Okay. Yeah. But as I mentioned, some resources we looked at to kind of pull this whole thing together. You have the Internet Archives Wayback Machine, takes snapshots of old websites and then keeps them for forever. You have the Bruce.net slash I Love Bees, Firefly's Wiki, of course. The Unfiction Forums were saved on the Wayback Machine, so we could actually check that out. Check out mirrors of I Love as well. So again, Wayback Machine covered a lot. And then the Net Ninja Wiki. So. To, to pull this all together, this is probably one of the largest and most involved ARGs, and I love that it also has a clear and succinct end, not only to the story, yeah. but the fact that it manifested in, whether it be a product, a thing, an event, whatever, it manifested in multiple ways. It's so cool. Because a lot of them don't. But yeah, that, that's Great been payoff, the, man. Uh, such, such a good, a payoff. good payoff. It's one of those things that I really wish I could have lived through in the moment. Yeah. I was there, and I said, this is too complicated for me, but I watched my best friends go through it. Mm -hmm. It was fascinating. And then it, it just culminated into this really cool moment. So, yeah. So, Dang. Well done. I love bees. I wouldn't have been able to solve these puzzles. Hell I mean, I've, no. I think I've been there for a few, like, smaller ARGs. Or a few things like Cicada where you're like, okay, this thing exists. Let me try to try my... Nope, I'm out. These, no, yeah, yeah. these people that are figuring it out are brilliant geniuses. And I am just an observer of this wild universe. Yeah, I'm along for the ride. I'll I'm get not a, leading this train. I'll come to the movie screening. Yeah, you know, exactly. I'll be there. But yeah, I love bees. Task Force, thank you so much for requesting this over the many years. 
Sorry it took so long to get to, but I'm so glad we did it. We're kicking the year off strong. Yeah, that's a good one. With a hefty ARG. And again, I don't know. If you want to support the show, get this show ad-free, as well as some exclusive bonus episodes of Case Files and a chance to win the first two pages of this outline <laughs> oh on God. a shirt. God about Because I'm going to do it. I forgot about that. You can become a first member. It's essentially, like I said, it's our Patreon. Go to redwebpod.com slash first, and you're going to see all the other benefits that I didn't even mention, plus the ones I did. And for $5.99 a month, it's the best way to support us. So thank you all so much in advance if you do become a first member. Happy New Year's, boys. Kick it off strong. Yeah, well... I definitely have another spooky one for you next week. Okay, well. Right here. Take the year off. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a good year. So, Fredo, I'll see you right back here next week, or I'll just be alone for yet another mystery. Mystery.